All right, I'm live here on Conversations with Shegun. Welcome to today's episode. Uh, today's episode, I'm having a fantastic gentleman uh, that will be joining us here to share with us uh, something, tips, and things we need to know uh, in the world that we're in today. So um, on Conversations with Shegun, we have conversations with um, highly placed individuals, uh, high network individuals, they come here and talk to us about um, burning, trending issues. And uh, this season has been COVID-19 and we have done a lot of talk around uh, what is happening with uh, the COVID-19. And so today I've decided to bring to us uh, today a very revered gentleman. Um, his name is Bishop Wayne Markham. He's from the Icon Church in the United Kingdom and is joining us soon. So I wanna know how many people are watching right now, those that are watching, those that have come on live, uh, live on stream, whatever you're watching from Facebook, from um, from YouTube. If you're watching this again, I'd like you to put a comment and say where you're watching from and how clear you can hear me. And if you can hear me at all, how clear you can hear me. I can guarantee you my guest is here is live in the green room, seated and ready. But before I bring him on, I want to know how many people are watching. If you are watching, kindly put in the comment section and say, I'm watching. I know a lot of people who have told me that um, they will be watching um, today's episode, right? So I'm waiting to hear this comment from there. Anybody who is watching, put your comment and say, I'm watching and tell me where you are watching from. Just to apologize, we had a little issue, um, Facebook pages. I think there's an update that they were supposed to do today. So we had challenges going on from our page, but uh, I'm going live from my, um, I'm going live from my own profile and on my uh, YouTube uh, channel. So it up with uh, somebody on, uh, on YouTube says, is watching favor of Ganegoma and says, wow, I celebrate you, my brother and friend. Uh, he says, I can hear you loud and clear. Fantastic for those. So I want to, I want to play with you. Help us share the stream right now to your contacts. If you can go on Facebook and share, that'll be fine. If you can share on uh, YouTube also, that will be fine. It will help us get the stream um, to more people um, to watch. All right. So uh, uh, it will help us do that. So I was saying that our guest is here. We have more people watching. Wherever you are watching from, let me know you are watching. I'm bringing my guest is right already in the green room. Let me not keep you any further. Let me bring my guest straight into the show today. Uh, I'm going to invite Bishop Way Markham. Hey, brother Segan. God bless you and all the people. Bishop, good, good to see you. Welcome to the program today. Always a pleasure to be with you, my brother. Always a pleasure. It's exciting to have Bishop Wilmar come live here. I think I feel so honored. I'm feeling like out of my skin to have the bishop here. Well, the feeling is mutual, my brother. Thank you. Thank you for honoring this invitation. It's, it's an honor. I don't take it for granted. I'm happy to see you. First of all, how is the United Kingdom today? How what has has the COVID been um, way at your end, and how have you been able to surmount it? Well, COVID-19 has had a very severe impact on the United Kingdom and particularly the city of London. We are up at over 35,000 deaths. 
um, in eight, eight or nine weeks, and um, uh, many, many, many thousands of cases of COVID-19. Thankfully, the vast majority of people contracting the disease do uh, recover, and uh, those recovery rates are some recover quite quickly, having milder symptoms, and others, uh, you know, are literally uh, taking months to just uh, get back to normal. So it's it's been um, uh, devastating for our public health and for our public health system, and even more devastating to our economy, where we've been in lockdown for eight weeks, eight or nine weeks now. And uh, many businesses that were already struggling um, due to uh, shifts or changes in demand, um, you know, they have literally gone bust. And uh, we're getting on a daily basis announcements of um, companies laying off thousands of workers. So we are pretty much... uh, uh, entering a depression. Uh, we, we are uh, in a recession, but we are pretty much entering a depression, which uh, I think the hope is that it would be a sort of a V-shaped uh, uh, depression and that uh, after, uh, after the lockdowns are, are lifted. Uh, however, there is some doubt about that. And then, of course, the BAME community, which is the black and minority ethnic community, have been... Um, more adversely affected by COVID-19. So the death rates among black people, among black men and, um, and Asian men is much higher than among their white counterparts. So there are lots of questions um, to be answered and um, there's uh, general unrest and um, uh, unhappiness with uh, how things are being managed. But uh, that's, that's where we are in the United Kingdom. That's that's the state of the United Kingdom. Thank you very much, Bishop. Um, le- let me let me ask quickly: What do you think we need to do differently now that the COVID is here for people in the United Kingdom, people in Africa, in Nigeria? Because if you if you must know, a lot of people are already trivializing the the the, the COVID nineteen um, virus and looking at it. It's not here. It's not real. It's uh, it's uh, political, you know, all kinds of statements. What do you think we need to do differently? Yes, well, you know, uh, at the beginning of, of the outbreak in the UK, there were lots of theories, lots of conspiracy theories about uh, uh, the, 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 the outbreak and um, a lot of attempts to dismiss um, what was happening. And uh, I guess when you're looking at something through a theoretic lens, it's easy to do that. But within no time at all, we began to lose uh, people. Um, we began to lose uh, ministers, key ministers uh, in our country. We begin to see, um, you know, there's. I don't think there's a black family in the UK that has not um, either experienced a loss or is aware of uh, someone who has died from COVID-19. So for us, this is not trivial at all. Secondly, if something has the potential to cripple the economy of, of the largest economies in the world, so we're talking about America, the UK, Spain, Italy, France, China, we, you know, these, these countries 
um, have, have with all of their funds and their uh, medical and healthcare infrastructure were uh, overwhelmed, I'd say with the exception of China, but certainly the rest of us were overwhelmed. And so this is not something that anyone in Africa should take lightly. It's not something that anyone anywhere should take lightly because if it's able to cause this level of distress and, um, and disruption uh, here, then, um, then, then it poses a very real threat. In terms of what we should be doing now, of course, I'm a man of faith and um, a spiritual leader. And so uh, my worldview is spiritual. And I, um, I put what is happening socially, economically, and politically inside a spiritual framework. And I think that there is very much a wake-up call to uh, believers uh, worldwide to, to revisit some of our priorities and to revisit some of our uh, strategies and our objectives moving forward. Um, and so I do have a particular message for, for the church. And when it comes to societies, I think it is, it, it's, uh, you know, one of the things that we've seen with COVID is that it has, it has fostered, um, uh, a sense of, uh, of of supreme selfishness, right? In that um, uh, every country literally um, focused uh, on themselves. Um, there was not much of a joint international effort to deal with a common enemy. Uh, each country basically uh, focused in on its immediate needs, and that's totally understandable. But one of the things that we're realizing now is that without the the cooperation and collaboration uh, of nations, it's, um, it's virtually impossible to uh, defeat what is a common enemy to humanity. And, and the same is true of, of nations, nation states and communities. Um, we, we are going to have to fight this together and we are going to have to make joint efforts, including joint sacrifices, we're going to have to collaborate and share knowledge and information um, in order to defeat what is a common enemy to us all. And I fully appreciate that in regions where, where the infection rate is very low or where they've had virtually no uh, cases, that all of this sounds exaggerated. But uh, I live in London and it is not exaggerated. Um, we have seen the morgues uh, overrun we have seen uh, 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 morgues looking for uh, additional space to keep bodies. We, we are seeing uh, horrific and traumatic things. Uh, we are seeing the expansion of graveyards. Uh, these are things that we have seen in just a few months, and they are horrific. They are traumatic. Um, our country is traumatized, and uh, mental health, uh, challenges have gone uh, through the roof, uh, suicide through the roof, domestic uh, violence and aggression through the roof. So we are in a we we are in uh, dark days, um, but uh, darkness is the context in which light is most clearly seen, and the stars yeah, yeah. The, the 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 stars uh, require the backdrop of night. Uh, in order to be seen. 
And so this is also the time of the church's greatest revival uh, in these countries. So right now, um, our churches are uh, have doubled, tripled, and even quadrupled in size. Our attendances online are record-breaking. Decisions for Christ are pouring in on a daily basis. Um, we are seeing a revival uh, unprecedented in our lifetime uh, for those who realize that actually, that actually Christianity thrives in a certain context. You know, Chris, historically, Christianity thrives within a context. And, and the context is this, that Christianity thrives in, in societies that need God, not simply in societies that want God. So before COVID-19, you know, our society, you know, kind of wanted God. But after COVID-19, we needed God. And when you need God, uh, the gospel is relevant and, and the gospel makes sense. And so um, Christianity is, 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 uh, is growing, uh, you know, and, um, and, and I would say that our best days are ahead of us. Very true, Bishop. Very true, Bishop. And that is why I've asked you to come today so that we look at some of the business principles in the Bible. For example, I heard you teach on the issue with the prophet that died and left his wife, in, and I think it's first or second Kings, and left his wife and children with debt. And in that teaching, you showed us step by step what everyone needs to do. You told us how the prophet said to the woman, um, what do you have? Uh, going back to her gifting, her seed, her talent, and whatever she, what she had, and going to use it, getting resources, you know, borrowing to use that very little that she supposedly had and profiting from it. And at the end, she came back to the prophet. I'm just summarizing that story you gave us mm -hmm. when you taught. Um, she, she came back to the prophet and said, the oil has stopped. I've reproduced it and it has stayed. And the prophet said to her, go and market, go and sell it. Sell and you it. said in that, in that program where I was, it wasn't worried when you came, you said the, the business behind business is marketing. The real business, I've never forgotten that. The real business behind business is marketing. And that's why the business bishop is here today. Can you pull for us, bishop? Because our topic today is uh, 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 business lessons from the Bible for COVID-19 season. Give us one business lesson, aside the one I've shared, that people can use in this COVID-19 season. Amen. Well, um, first of all, I would say that God has planted in every nation the seeds of its own redemption. God has planted in every nation the seeds of its own redemption. This means that uh, you are never down to nothing and you must never call your something nothing. You know, uh, Jesus said to him that hath will more be given and to him that hath not will be taken away even that that he has. Well, there's a bit of a paradox there because if he has not, then there is nothing to take away. The issue is that he had something, he had something to, 
that could be taken away, but he called it nothing. And it's very important that we do not become guilty of calling our something nothing. Because if you call your something nothing, the something that God gave you, if you call it nothing, then then you will lose the something that you have. Whereas if you if you look at your what seems to be nothing and call it something, then more will be given to you. And this is what this is this is why I say God has already planted in every nation the seeds of its own redemption. In other words, something you already have from God is the key to everything else you want from God. But it is awaiting your recognition, your celebration, and your and your your um, your I was going to say exploitation, but that that has a it's a negative connotations. But you have to exploit the opportunity that God has already given to you. And so the widow, who was down to nothing, came to the prophet, no doubt looking for money. And the prophet said to her, "What do you have in the house? What do you have in the house?" And this meant she had to conduct a personal audit. She had to go into her house and figure out what do I have. And her conclusion was, I don't have anything except this pot of oil. So remember, something you already have from God is the key to everything else that God has promised you. So what uh, Elijah ultimately said to her, what Elijah said to her was, look, Start where you are with what you have. Um, because looking out, looking out for help from, from, from someone else uh, leaves you uh, a victim. It leaves you a victim. It renders you helpless. It renders you dependent on the generosity of someone else. But instead, the prophet said, look in, because something in your house is the key to everything else that you want. And what she found, a little pot of oil, and fundamentally, she went into the oil business. She went into the oil business and not only paid her debts, but lived off of the rest and no doubt lived wealthily. Now, there are many other keys that are in that particular uh, passage. Um, that I believe are relevant for us today, but I want to start there and and um, and um, and 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 at the risk of 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 stirring up some some turmoil uh, here, uh, I'm I'm going to say a few a few things about the African context specifically. Go ahead, Bishop. Um, that would be that would be very beneficial for my audience. Yeah, because uh, we we have over relied on importing other people's goods, and this over reliance on 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 manufacturing from other countries has rendered us weak uh, when it comes to this context of COVID nineteen. And one of the things that we are going to have to do is to figure out what is it that we have. Where is our strength? What has God blessed us with? And how can we convert that into a business where we are not only trading with each other, 
but we are trading with our, our neighbors, our partners, um, and we are trading internationally from the position of our strength because God has not left you without a seed. God has not left you without a pot of oil. God has not left you without a strength or a skill or a capacity or, or, or something that is unique to your nation, that is unique to your culture and to your, 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 your characteristics. He has given you something that is marketable, but you're going to have to recognize its potential and recognize its value. So this is going to require some, some prayerful reflection on, okay, what do we have? And it's going to require that we, um, that, that we, we, we realize that in, in this current climate, where it's every man for himself, you know, nations are pretty much looking out for themselves. And therefore, in order to have a seat at the table, you must be able to bring something to that table. Now, Bishop, say that, yes. I'm going to pause you, say that again. In order for you to have a seat on the table, you have to be able to bring something to the table. Correct, correct. So because if you don't bring anything to the table, you cannot have a seat on the table. No, no. So the reason why Nigeria or Africa generally do not have a seat on the table is because we are not bringing anything to the table. Well, the issue is that we were bringing oil to the table. Okay? okay, we we were bringing oil to the table, and uh, with the disruption in in oil uh, markets and prices, and with the green revolutions that are taking place in every country at lightning speed, and with alternative sources of energy that countries, developed countries, are investing in very heavily, um, then increasingly what we're bringing to the table is not enough. We are going to have to begin manufacturing. We're going to have to begin producing. We're going to have to begin um, um, exploiting our unique opportunities and our unique characteristics because, you know, the seat you have on the table also is determined by how much you bring to the table. So you'll find that there's people at the top of the table and the people at the top of the table are the people who bring most to the table. And I think that there is an opportunity uh, right now uh, certainly over the course of the next decade, for us to begin to specialize in some things, to specialize in some things, and to master some things, uh, whether it's product or service or a combination of both, uh, there's an opportunity to reskill, to upskill, to, to train um, with the objective of 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 uh, creating value, value that can be traded um, uh, around the world. And um, so I'm going to pause there. Feel free to, to, to fire, fire in a question before I go off down the trail. <laughs> we, we are just, I'm sure people are eager listening and writing and taking notes. But there's a question about marketing that I talked about. Um, 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 Logmon Majority says, Bishop, which, which would you advise as more profitable? Marketing being defined as making what is desired available and presentable, or marketing being defined as making the available desirable? Oh, I love that question. That's thank you so much. I can see the question uh, on on my screen. 
And um, I think that at an authentic level, and and what I have to bring in here is is the integrity factor, because I think that the 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 fourth industrial revolution is is being fast followed by a fifth industrial revolution. So we're we're, we're in the fourth uh, revolution, which has very much to do with with technology and. Um, smart technology and uh, the fusion of services with with technology and the use of artificial intelligence etc which is the obsession of the developed world and um, uh, but but that is raising questions of integrity and credibility and so there there is an ethical revolution that will need to follow hard on the heels of the uh, fourth industrial revolution um, because uh, trust trust is at an all-time low trust in institutions trust in corporations trust in government is at an all-time low no, i mean no. literally um, in this country, I can't speak for your country, but I'm sure you can. I, I, you know, uh, I listen, when I listen to you say that about the fifth revolution that is going to be based on integrity, I'm afraid for the African continent because mm -hmm. um, um, one of the things that we have that is a problem of the African continent today is that trust relationship with leaders and that integrity that we're talking about with leaders. We really don't have that in our content. So if that if that fifth revolution is to happen then uh, I'm afraid we might not be properly positioned for that. But that's, well, that's something that people listening here today can you know, cultivate well, to take well, advantage. Well, well I think it's an opportunity. I think it's an opportunity. True. I think True. the traffic the traffic is going to flow in the direction of uh, trust, credibility, and ethical uh, practices and processes. I think the general public are going to rebel against um, the the shadiness, the the secrecy, the duplicity, and the 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 mm. lack the lack of contribution that some corporations are making to social conditions. I think they're going to turn against organizations that are just raping the country, ripping its uh, resources out to spend on yachts and jets. I think that that's going to become a thing of the past, and that we will gravitate towards those. Those organizations and institutions that have some transparency, some 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 ethical uh, practices and processes in place, and uh, procedures for dealing with 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 uh, corruption. So I think it's a revolution that's inevitable. And if the country doesn't uh, embrace that 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 ethical revolution, okay. Uh, there will there will be two um, severe uh, side effects, which is one: it will become increasingly isolated in the global context. Okay, because no one will want to do business with you, um, yeah. you know, outside of those um, uh, uh, ethical uh, kite marks, shall we say, in place. Right, those ethical standards. Um, but uh, but but also. If we, if we do not um, participate in the ethical revolution, then we will neither will we participate in the technological revolution because technology puts more powers of surveillance and intrusion uh, into the hands of institutions. It gives them more access to your 
private life, to your behaviors, to your preferences. And, and, and we don't trust that. Here in the West, we have zero trust for any of the co multinational corporations that are obsessed with collecting data and generating algorithms and uh, spying on us and following us. We don't have any trust for, for, for governments for exactly the same reason. And therefore, the services, will, the services will not be used, the products will not be consumed once there are trust-related issues. So it's, uh, you know, it, I think there's an opportunity, particularly from a spiritual perspective, part particularly for believers who already have um, an ethical, moral code from your faith to factor in the, the ethics, the integrity and the transparency of good business practices. And I know that's going to be hard, hard to start with because when, and why I say hard is that, as one brother once told me, he said, you know, Bishop, he said, if you're not doing something wrong, you know, if you're not, if you're not doing something corrupt, people, people don't trust you out here. They think you, they don't understand why, why, you know, why, 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 you know, why are you not accepting bribes? Exactly. Yeah. What's wrong with you? <laughs> okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, when corruption, <laughs> you're not normal. So when corruption has become the norm, the 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 economy is toxic, and 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 that rebellion against the toxicity has to come out of the church. If the church is going to uh, lead the reformation and lead the recovery, and there is an opportunity for the church to for believers to lead the reformation and lead the recovery and our ethical position is the starting point and i'm going to say something else about that within the african context as well is that you know companies that become extraordinarily wealthy uh they do so because of the size of their consumer base right now what 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 they are going to have to do okay is give back to those communities and uh and i think that the traffic is ultimately going to move to those companies who have social and community projects who are visibly and and significantly um uh reinvesting uh, parts of their profits into uplifting communities and upskilling communities and creating opportunity. And that is part of the fifth revolution that I see hot on the heels of the fourth. Fantastic, fantastic. I have another question. I don't know if, 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 if uh, a lot more majority, if you're still watching, was Bishop able to answer your question on, um, on uh, marketing? Uh, you know, he talked about- No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I lost it. I want to come. I want to come. But I would like you to take a, a minute to just give an answer to him, Bishop, because there are there are two other questions I want to throw at you. Um, but if you take a minute to answer his question here, I put it on the screen again. It said, "Marketing being defined as as making what is desirable available and presentable, or marketing being uh, making the available desirable." So, quick one minute answer to his question, then we we'll take others. Yeah. 
So uh, the quick answer to the question is that uh, with, within the ethical context, it will be a fusion of both because there is a degree of marketing that involves education and educating uh, people as to the, the benefits uh, of your product and service. And in that sense, you are making what's available desirable through the education. And uh, by, by the same token, what is desirable needs to be available. So I think that it's not either or, it, it's, it's, it's and and with. Thank you. Fantastic, fantastic. Fantastic. I have another question from um, Carol. Carol, Bishop, you know Carol. Hey, uh, she's live on the she's <laughs> live on the call. She says, "How do you encourage individuals around you who are sitting back waiting for this to be over to get up and do something?" Because you know the the business lessons from the Bible we talked about are lessons that can help people in this COVID nineteen era. So Carol's question is, "How do you advise people who are because a lot of people are sitting and saying." when this will be over, when this is over. We already know that this is our new normal. Before now, I had to bring the, the bishop had to be in Nigeria. I had to bring him into a studio um, with all the security, all the protocol that is involved and get him to sit down and have this interview. But right now, he just left a call 15 minutes before mm -hmm. now. I just sent him a code. He clicked on the code. He doesn't need a cameraman. I don't need a cameraman. All we need are our phones and laptops. And this is happening, even in the midst of COVID. So how do you encourage those sitting back and waiting for this to be over to get up and do something? One minute, sir. Well, the first thing is that these people have to wake up and they have to wake up to, to the fact that COVID-19 has only accelerated the inevitable uh, we were inevitably moving into a more uh, digital world, uh, relying um, increasingly on technology, working from home, etc. And that actually, um, we are not going back to to whatever we consider to be normal. And and if you want to go back to normal, then I guess that your previous normal was good. But for most people, normal was broken and the world was in distress before COVID-19. So instead of going back to a broken normal, let's look forward to a better future. And let's start to use the opportunity to create a better future with better systems, with better opportunities and with better things. And so um, you may be waiting a very long time because the history History of economic disruption is that it typically takes a decade or two to recover. We had a financial crash in 2008 and it was only officially over uh, this year at the beginning of this year and then COVID struck. So we have at least another decade or two of recovery from this particular situation. So sitting back and waiting, you'll be waiting a long time. It's time to, to prayerfully create a new future for you and your family now fantastic so it's not time to wait there's no time to wait the world is moving leave the old behind embrace the new and work with the new this is the new normal thank you bishop last question bishop how do you polish a skill and turn it around to become marketable and also monetize it 
Okay, well, uh, the first thing is to make sure as to become clear about how that skill solves a problem for other people because what makes it valuable in the market is is the what what gives you value is the solutions that you provide and so if you can solve a problem for me then you are of value to me so i don't care if it's if it's fixing the garden if it's repairing a wall if it's putting up a shelf if you can do that for me then you are of value to me because you're going to save me time okay so the key is to become clear about the problem you solve. And then when you promote the service, promote it in terms of the problem you solve. A lot of people make the mistake when marketing of, of overemphasizing the features of their product and service um, and not the benefit of the product and service. So uh, the benefit is what it will do for me. Uh, and the features are, you know, uh, uh, what it's made of, um, what it what it comes with, what it looks like, its color, and all of that. That's not what sells it. What sells, you know, uh, the consumer is um, is is fundamentally self centered, right? And all the consumer wants to know is what what can this do for me, and how can you solve my problem? Uh, right now, that piece of technology you're selling me, will it solve my problem? Will it will it um, cost me less? Will it will, will it, it produce give me more? value? Is it yes? Is it going to make me more efficient? Is it going to give me more customers? Uh, you know, and and based on those things, I'll decide if it's value to me, and then I'll pay for it. So polish it is to polish the narrative, become very clear about the problem you are solving for people with your skill, and then reword your marketing documents, whether it's a website, whether it's a brochure, to reflect the value that you can bring to people's lives. Fantastic, Bishop. I think that answers the question perfectly. Um, the earlier question you answered on marketing, uh, a lot of majority says, great, I totally agree, but needs to be fused. Uh, whether desirable or uh, available, all needs to be fused together. My last question for you, Bishop, because we are almost out of time, is what would you advise people now? The world is becoming more internet-based, and so many of the things we are doing are all moving on to the internet. What will you advise a young business person watching this program right now who is so confused and worried that, look, there's no movement. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to sell. How do I go forward from now? What are the three things you want them to do? Three quick things on their fingertip that you, I'm, I'm trying to put my finger, okay, yes. Three quick <laughs> things you want them to do on their fingertips that will take them to the next level uh, in the new economy that we're in today. Well, number one, you should establish um, a credible online presence, and this uh, includes your 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 website, your point of sale website, and it includes your uh, social media uh, uh, branding and uh, and consistent outreach. So you should establish a credible web presence because the internet is the new due diligence, it's the new delivery uh, tool, um, etc. And uh, secondly, you should um, uh, do some market research. You should engage in some market research to find out 
where your fish are. Instead of just being out on the lake or out in the ocean throwing a net into nowhere, uh, you know, target a market, target an absolute uh, audience. And the third thing is collaborate, collaborate, collaborate partner with. Um, this is not the day of the Lone Ranger. This is the day of joint ventures, partnerships, and collaboration. It's very important that you um, identify others who have an interest in that same market to see if you cannot collaborate, uh, run a joint venture, and partner uh, in reaching your target. Fantastic, Bishop. Fantastic. Fan You've gotten the three. And the three mostly uh, what i got strongly out of it is the number three you number one you said you need internet presence you need a website point of point of sales website you um the second i, I, I skipped the second one but the third yeah. one collaboration it's very key this is not the day of the lone ranger I had exactly so 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 look at this right now right now actually segan we are collaborating we are partnering we're joint venturing okay we we never mm. thought of it this way i just love you i love what you're doing and uh and and just want to come on and be a blessing to you but no doubt there are more people following me now as a result of me uh coming on here and being a blessing to you and there are more For people sure. following you now as a result For of sure. me coming on here and being a blessing to you and For therefore sure. you know together we are much stronger i mean if you want to run fast run alone but if you want to run far then run together true so true i, I just give a story about this collaboration with uh, myself and carol carol was here um the last episode before you um I, i've known carol for a while from a distance never spoken with her never talked with her we just chatted once and said oh i like what you're doing yeah i like what you're doing we should work sometime you know but with the covid 19 somehow we got to say oh uh, i see what you're doing when i started this and i spoke with her i said i would love to have you and she said, fantastic, I would love to be there. And 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 and, and, and uh, the last episode of this program, she was here. Awesome. And collab collaboration is key. It's really key. I want to thank you, Bishop. Uh, please, on the comment section, please help me say thank you to the Bishop. This happened on very short notice. And Bishop just agreed. He said, wow, fantastic. I would love to make it happen. And um, the Bishop is here today. Um, if he was going to be here in, in person, I should have paid a huge. Uh, I should have. I should have said thank you in the typical African way. <laughs> yeah, but thank yeah. you to you, Bishop. Thank you to you, Bishop. A lot of people are saying thank you, and people are thank commenting. Say collaboration is a new face of competition. Exactly, mm. it's good. It's a new face of competition. Uh, that's Treasure Carlo. Uh, Favor says together we become stronger. Uh, mm. That's that's Favor right there. Correct. The, the comments are pouring in. The comments are pouring in. Um, Abraham says, thank you, Bishop Wayne. Uh, in fact, they're all saying thank you. Uh, Treasure says, thank you, Bishop Wayne. Um, Logbo Majority says, thank you, Bishop Wayne. Bless uh, you. Who else? Who else? Who else? Dennis says, thank you, Bishop Wayne. Omani Go says, thank you, Bishop Wayne. Um, the second one is, market is no way official. Okay, fantastic, Joseph. You're watching. Thank you. Thank you, Joseph. Uh, let, let me see. Somebody made a very good comment. He said, he said awesome value. Awesome value. I think I agree with that. I agree with that. Awesome value. I agree. Uh, many people are saying thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Let me see again. It says, Bishop, a big high five for you. You killed it. That's Dennis. Bang. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, Bishop. I would thank uh, you. Want to, I want to call it up and let you rest. I know you just left from a 15 minute. You just had 15 minutes from your last uh, program that you had. But thank you all the same. We're grateful and did grateful. 
We look forward to opportunities to do more with you, Bishop. Thank you, sir. Bless you. Bless you. And bless you to all of the viewers. We love you so very much and uh, look forward to sharing with you again sometime soon. Much love. Shalom. Shalom. All right. Fantastic. I'll let you go now. I'll let you go now. All right. So fantastic. Thank you to all who watched. Thank you to all who has been a part of this program. Uh, thank you for all that you do, all your comments. Please do kindly go follow me on Instagram. And I want to apologize. We're supposed to transmit on the page, but somehow we missed it. And uh, Facebook was having an issue with their pages, so I had to transmit from my profile and also on uh, YouTube. If already you are here and you like what you heard today, please do share, and you can go to our YouTube. You would see the content is going to remain here. I want to encourage you to keep still. Tuesday, Thursday, 12.30, lunchtime, we'll have another, another set of uh, wonderful panelists and guests join us here to talk about. Please let me know what you want to hear, what you want people to talk about. Please do put it there. I would uh, I would bring guests that will talk about all the things that um, 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 you want to hear. If you have a comment, please put it there. Let me see. Let me also go and see. let me let me see so that I don't leave anybody out. Uh, Treasure says I have shared. Uh, Akman says thank you very much, Bishop. Great talk. Uh, Blessing says thank you, Shagun. Joseph says shalom, shalom to you too. Uh, this is a lovely concept, Godfrey. Fantastic, it is. Um, and uh, that's that's my take collaboration. Fantastic. Um, Hannah says, "Great job, great job, Pastor Shags. Thank you, thank you, thank you." I might not be able to take all the comments, but I'll take the ones. Thank you, Bishop. Thank you. Uh, bless you, Bishop. Yep, 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 yep. Thank you to everyone that watched. Thank you. Please like my page, subscribe if you are watching on YouTube to my channel, so that anytime we go live, I don't have to send you a message. You just see the pops up on your timeline that we're live. This has been conversations with Shegun. We had a fantastic time with a bishop from the United Kingdom, Bishop Will Malcolm, the business bishop. Please do share this. There are more people that need to see this. If you enjoyed the value, please do share and let more people know about this. Thank you. You have done very well. Conversations with Shegun. I'm leaving now, but I'd like you to keep still and follow everybody who's on the comment session. Follow, let's follow ourselves back. Thank you. God bless you, child. See you on Tuesday next week, same time, 12.30.